listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Ever since COVID, what we know to be the norm is rapidly changing. In order to adapt to this, your business must adjust and transform accordingly. For pharmacies, unlocking the profession's potential to improve patient care is where this opportunity lies. Today's product-focused role of the pharmacist calls for the industry to move toward clinical services. The focus will be on prevention over treatment, and care will happen in the home or community. As accessible and trusted healthcare personnel, pharmacists can play a big role. Happier at Home harnesses this opportunity by showing the benefits of expanding your pharmacy into home care services and how this is a recipe for success. Innovation and growth will help community pharmacies to continue to exist and thrive in the future. Hey, if you're parents and you know how exciting it is to bring home that brand new baby from the hospital, that's what I feel like today. I feel like we're releasing (laughs) the world. A new podcast, a brand new podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And this is a special one because of the importance of this champion of healthcare, really looking to the future of pharmacy and the needs that future um, pharmacists have. And I'm talking about those P2s, those P3s, those pharmacy students that are listening. This podcast is not only for pharmacy owners, which I would say is our primary audience, but Boy, you pharmacy um, leaders, the coming pharmacists, have to understand the importance of home care and home care services and how critical this is to your community's vitality and the economy, goodness sakes, too. I am so excited to welcome our new host, Debbie Marcello, founder and CEO of Happier at Home. This is the Happier at Home PRN podcast. Debbie, welcome to the network. All right. I am so excited. We've been planning this for so long. And as you know, I'm out there educating the community in so many different ways. So this seemed like our next natural progression to bring all of our information uh, to the community, especially the pharmacy community, uh, to educate them and help them bolster their positions in their business and expand and help our our communities. Debbie, I have to stop and tell a story real quick. So um, on the showroom floor, we're at the big exhibits and I always forget which conference it is because all of these conferences blur in my head, but I won't <laughs> say it was the PDS conference. You are correct. PDS 2021, I believe. Yeah. So I'm walking through and my back was facing your booth and I was lost because I couldn't find who I was actually looking for. And I turn around and I see this beautiful booth, uh, pink and purple, and you're standing behind it and it says happier at home. And I, and the first thing I did, I actually got chills because I was looking for a home care, (laughs) um, kind of tie in because you and I had talked about this and this has been something that was in my mind for community pharmacies for a couple years. Then I walked up to you with a big smile on my face. I probably looked like some kind of stalker. And like, who are you and what do you do? Like, what is this? And immediately within about the first five minutes, like all the lights turned on and I realized what you were doing there and the mission that you were driving to enhance the services that are being pulled through community pharmacy. Let's get into this. Why did you build this company and why now are you so focused on community pharmacy? 
Well, I'll give you a little bit of background about myself first. Uh, I'm a registered nurse, a certified case manager, but I'd say even more importantly, I am a business owner uh, for at least 15 years. I founded Happier at Home in 2007. Uh, I did this because I had always been uh, entrepreneurial. Uh, even though I was an emergency room, trauma nurse, uh, I was always looking at different ways that I could bring my knowledge to the community and make a business or form a business around that. Well, uh, in 2006, my mother was diagnosed with glioblastoma, which is a primary brain cancer, as most of you would know. Uh, and she was young, 64 years old. And uh, I was then um, noticing that there were very uh, big challenges for the families of folks going through something like this, uh, for the patients and for the families. And notice that here, I'm a nurse, I am a huge advocate. I can stand up for my my mother and my family and ask for this care and ask to have continuity and care and have people respond to us and keep the shifts the same and keep the caregivers the same. But what happens to all the other folks who uh, I know in my old school Italian grandfather, he was afraid to talk to the docs. You don't talk to doctors that way. Uh, that was that was how it used to be. So if I was having um, problems and found it a challenge to really communicate and understand what my mother was going through, how do lay people do that? So at that point, before she even passed, I decided I'm starting a company and I'm starting it from the ground up, providing services and advocating for families that are going through things that my family and I went through. And um, it was a um, an eye opener for us to understand what these people were going through. So I found that we have a unique uh, business model and um, really was happy to bring that to our community. So now we're expanding across the country by way of franchises. And um, I found uh, an incredible connection through community and independent pharmacies with my company. Uh, one of my first franchisees in Buffalo, New York, he owns Buffalo Pharmacies. I found that they were immediately successful uh, expanding into home-based services and pro providing home health services in the home. So this is uh, this is how it all started. Uh, but I do have an extensive background in the healthcare industry for more than thirty years. Uh, I have extensive experience in business development, leadership, uh, care of the elderly. I was on the New York State Leading Age Home and Community-Based Services Cabinet. Um, I make weekly appearances on our local Fox News channel as a geriatric care expert. Uh, I am a Healthcare Business Academy Fellow and, and was nominated for Up and Coming Businesswoman of the Year. And I also won a business competition for the University of Rochester's Simon Graduate School of Business. So I'm really excited that I've found my niche in bringing home care and long-term care, mixing it with business development and bringing that business model 
to independent pharmacies for them to be able to, number one, increase their revenue, number two, increase the quality of care in their community. This is excellent. And what we're going to do is I'd like to take our listeners through a decision process guide. And we're going to go through seven different points that were de- that was developed uh, through Happier at Home and your partnership with NCPDP, um, which is a, a credentialing and metrics of building um, the the data side of what's being passed through one system to the other and how home care um, services are going to be um, continue to be expanded and I believe billable and compensated. But the world of community pharmacy is under so much pressure. The DIR fees, uh, the way PBMs are um, are building these closeout contracts that um, that take community pharmacy out of the mix. Um, we just heard uh, from TRICARE um, choosing uh, Express Scripts, kicking out 15,000 pharmacies across the nation, limiting um, access to our community pharmacies. That puts so much pressure on our pharmacy owners. And what we want is we want to create value that um, brings you new revenue and does it in a way with uh, dignity and respect for the uh, patients that you're serving. We know, uh, Debbie, and we're, we're preaching to the choir as well uh, with our listeners, they know as well that long-term care facilities are, are not growing. Uh, they're actually uh, shrinking. And the services available throughout the uh, country, uh, 310 um, you know, million uh, Americans, 310 million Americans out there. Think of how many seniors are in need of some kind of home care service that they're not getting and their caregivers, the, 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 the children of these people or the grandchildren that aren't able to give the proper care. Here's where Happier at Home can step in and become a conduit of not only better care for those people um, that need it, but a revenue generator for our community pharmacies. So this is exciting. So I do want to ask one question before we get started, and that is, why did you pick community pharmacy versus other businesses that were throughout the community? What was it about community pharmacy that that you said, wow, these are the organizations that I need to be partnered with? Wow. It was to me a no brainer. It was like the light bulb went off. Uh, when I started working with Trent Vocal uh, in Buffalo, New York, I saw that it was a natural uh, enhancement of his um, pharmacy. So he was to was able to increase his potential and enhance his role in his community. Um, I saw that he already had connections with transitional care units, discharge planners for those that uh, are doing long-term care. Uh, he had connections with his community, people coming in, customers coming into their retail location. And so they are a trusted source in their community, as are so many of the independent pharmacies that are listening listening now. So you have all of these patients coming into you that can be patients in your own own home health company. And you have these relationships developed with true referral sources, not just uh, one-time referral sources. They can provide a pipeline of patients to you. Uh, so it really 
was a natural marriage where I felt the pharmacies can benefit, the communities can benefit, and certainly all those within the healthcare continuum can benefit from the community pharmacy owners providing the home health within their community. So then the healthcare providers also have uh, an opportunity to work side, side by side with the pharmacy owners in other ways, for example, um, providing safe discharges home from transitional care units or working with those patients in physicians' offices that need a little extra advocacy um, or even transportation. So uh, there are so many different ways that community pharmacies can increase access to healthcare for their community, uh, increase quality of care, which is one of our biggest things, and increase the private pay source of revenue for those companies. And honestly, Todd, I have said it a number of times in different presentations that I've given uh, over at Diversify RX with Lisa uh, at NCPA when I was there, that if Companies, if independent pharmacies are not continuing to look for new sources of revenue, you're falling behind. And if you want to be able to continue to exist in the future, you really need to have that entrepreneurial point of reference and um, look for different ways to expand. Oh my goodness, um, Debbie, it's it's not just community pharmacy that's starting to focus on this. Uh, 19,000 independently owned community pharmacies throughout the nation. Um, I don't know what percentage are involved at this point, but it's very, very little. And there are gargantuan organizations that are looking at expanding home care services already. So it's like a call to our community pharmacy owners, don't allow your lunch to be eaten by someone else. Um, there was a news article that just came out um, on October 25th that said that two providers joined forces to launch virtual in-home care. Um, and this was um, the Medical University of South Carolina and the Metro Health System uh, are launching this in-home care services that are gonna bring more um, outpatient services to uh, their community. And uh, we know that um, Big Chain is looking at this model. Um, it's not time to um, kind of pitter-patter around what services you're going to add. This is a serious, um, this is a serious issue that community pharmacies that are in business really needs to look at in seeing how can I insulate that prescription volume by surrounding it with other services that give us more connection, more knowledge of what that patient's going through, more uh, mental health capability um, services that. Now you have somebody that's going into the home that really is able to make a, um, a high level assessment and what's happening with that, uh, that patient in their home and, and rinse and repeat so that those patients feel more connected to your community pharmacy than, than a, a traditional pharmacy would give. And, you know, I've seen pharmacies layer services where they're doing durable medical equipment they're doing uh, diabetes management programs. They're doing weight loss programs or lifestyle management programs. Now I think of in-home care, and I kind of want to help vet out our listeners. If you're listening right now and you're thinking, this is really interesting, 
Let's help you kind of formulate a decision process around making a decision in launching uh, um, a franchise business embedded in your community pharmacy and the protections that you get because of the way that Debbie designed it. She did it on purpose. She knew that she's coming at existing business owners that have an, an opportunity to build something alongside your existing pharmacy and the benefits of what that gives you in partnering basically with yourself and with your own business. Yes. So let's go through that decision process. But before we do, what do you think of um, aligning home care services with community pharmacy specifically? Um, how does that, what does that look like? Well, I will tell you that there's a CEO of a very large uh chain pharmacy that uh, they have moved on this already. And uh, to quote him, he said, this is an anchor asset for them. It's their first step on their journey to build a differential health services organization to transform how care is delivered. So they're doing it. And I do believe that um, the writings on the wall that you just really need to consider this as part of your business model. Um, so what it looks like in my, uh, my business model with happier at home is that a pharmacy, uh, purchases a franchise and they're given a good, robust territory to do their business in. And that pharmacy forms a separate entity uh, that is doing business as Happier at Home. And with Happier at Home, we provide everything you need to uh, launch your home care business um, from ground up. All the forms, the marketing materials, the training, continued support um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, it's, it's my baby. You had said this podcast is, is another baby being born, but <laughs> Happier at Home has been my baby and I feel very passionate about it. Uh, and I thought, boy, I really want to help uh, other people to be able to experience the success that I've had. Uh, and the services, depending on the state that you're in, uh, there's different licensure requirements, if there are like licensure requirements in each state. Uh, and it is providing companion care, personal assistant services, uh, advocacy services, and even medication management solutions within the home. All right. So let's take our listeners through this decision process. First of all, uh, Debbie, you and I are mission-driven. We know that we have a mission. I have a mission to explore and support the profession of pharmacy through audio. Been doing it for 13 years, and I think I'm the best at it. I'm just going to come right out and say that. Agreed. <laughs> but you have crafted and built something that is also become, you have become the subject matter expert at it, and that is home health care services. So number one, you list, consider your pharmacy's mission. So tell our listeners what that means. Well, in some of the organizations that, excuse me, organizations that I've spoken with, um, they felt that they were not-for-profit organizations, so it didn't fit within their mission. Well, 
I worked for a very large not-for-profit, we always needed to make profit. <laughs> you need to. Uh, but what, what you need to do is really consider what your mission is. And does this align with providing medical and non-medical home care services to your customers and your community? And I would say uh, I've, I've looked at a lot of community pharmacy websites to see if they have their mission um, placed on one of their front pages of their websites. And a lot of them do. And uh, it seems like this is a seamless extension of their mission. Excellent. Okay, so when I am a pharmacy owner and I'm coming up with my mission, everyone should have a mission statement, even if you don't have it um, professed or part of your byline, it should be something that you've written down to really help drive your organization. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't, doesn't alter or change. It, it definitely can. But part of that in driving a pharmacy's mission is strategy for growth. So Debbie, Let's talk about that. What is the strategy for growth? What, what does that mean when a listener is listening into us today? So when we are considering our decision-making process of whether or not we want to expand into home and community-based services, um, I would say as professionals, we all seek out uh, continuing education. We attend conferences. Uh, as you know, Todd, we've been to so many conferences where we're listening to speakers and we find great ideas. And I would say this is common for so many people. You write down those ideas and you have um, you have an intention and excitement to be able to move forward with the ideas. However, you need to look at all of those ideas and really understand which part or which ones, uh, which one of those uh, ideas will help your strategy to grow? Uh, is what's going to give you the most bang for your buck uh, and also be able to look at what's your profit margins with uh, whatever service you want to go into? Is it going to be Medicare-based, uh, insurance-based payments? Or will it be something like the home care services through Happier at Home, where it's a private pay source of revenue? So really understanding, um, looking at your strategy, having it written down, even on one piece of paper for the entire year. I love doing that. It reminds me, what is, what's my strategy? What's my focus this year? And um, so just identifying what your strategy for that year is going to be. You know, it's Happier at Home's mission to empower and make community pharmacy successful in this model, in this franchise. It's in the best interest of you, Debbie, and your whole entire team to empower these community pharmacies. So what I want to go to next, number three, is what are your perceived barriers and are they valid? I love this one because it takes me back to Diversify RX, where you and I were on the on the floor talking with a third uh, individual who was kind of a conundrum and had some things to say to you about why this <laughs> model might not work. And you're sitting there saying, you know, 
I live this and I've lived this for years and building this, like I'm way ahead of you on the barriers to success. Like I'm navigating all of my franchisees to make sure that they don't hit those barriers. And if they do, here's how to get around them. So let's go over number three together. Exactly. I do remember that conversation and um, I was glad I had that opportunity to talk to him and um, show him how uh, his perception or the frame of reference that he was using was um, way off. And so then it's changed because now it's like, you know, it's a different environment. So we actually got we got him through the, the, the barrier. But let's go through some of the perceived barriers and, and are they valid? So I'll tell you about a couple of the biggest um, barriers, quote unquote, barriers that I've heard from uh, community pharmacy owners that I've spoken with. Uh, They are concerned about not being able to hire anyone, not being able to hire the caregivers and the right staff to run the company of Happier at Home. Uh, This, I have to say, is is just a perceived barrier because the types of people that you are focusing on recruiting as a pharmacy owner will be completely different than the profile of the person that you're going to be hiring to run, excuse me, as caregivers in your happier at home company. Um, This is, uh, you know, during COVID when people were being paid to stay home, I have to say it was difficult. Things are much better now. We have um, a whole formula of who you have to recruit, how to recruit that person, and who is going to be give you the longevity of being a caregiver. So um, it's not... It, it, the type of business that some of the the hospitals run, let's say it's a home health care agency through a hospital. Hospitals run certified home care agencies uh, where they're accepting Medicaid, accepting Medicare. Happier at Home's just a different business model and has a different focus on the type of caregivers that we can hire. So that's one of the barriers that I would debunk. Uh, The other one is that the pharmacy owners just never have enough time. And that is true. People just don't have enough time because we are entrepreneurs. You started your uh, pharmacy, you're running your pharmacy, and even just going through the discovery process of learning about Happier at Home, sometimes they feel is a challenge because we have appointments, we have uh, conversations where I learn about those potential owners and they learn about me and the company. Um, But how we run our business model is that pharmacy owner is not the person who's going to run the Happier at Home business. We give the pharmacy owner the... um, the profile and the job description of the type of person that would do well um, spearheading this effort to run their business. It's a, a business support manager, basically. So we make sure that while we'll educate the pharmacy owner to make sure he or she can oversee the business support manager, that's exactly what they're doing is overseeing. And um, so this 
allows them to free up to continue to pursue their other um, strategies that they're working on at that moment. Excellent. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be other ones. And, and if you have questions, um, Debbie's contact information is going to be in our show notes, but you can go to happier at home. If you Google happier at home, it comes right up and um, we'll have ongoing podcasts um, month after month to give you the latest in strategies to build your home care services with happier at home. So I'm excited about this. So let's talk about people involved in the decision process because you know, we have the pharmacy owner who is obviously primary, but there are stakeholders within their business, um, their, their chief pharmacy technician, their um, point of um, reference and, and, and lead pharmacist, or um, maybe an investor or even a partner. So let's talk about why it's very important to get the buy-in from multiple decision uh, makers. Yes, it's really important to bring all the decision makers to the table right from the beginning. You know, have the conversations with them, uh, talk with them about your idea and your connection with Happier at Home or myself, and then have them involved right from the beginning. This will save you time. It saves me time as well, uh, because if they go through the process with you, so the discovery process that I was talking about, where they're learning about the actual business model, their hesitations or questions are being addressed and answered. Uh, the more education they have about Happier at Home and the business model, uh, the more buy-in that you'll get. So I'm talking about uh, perhaps boards that you have, um, additional people that are around you that are senior advisors, uh, certainly your spouse, uh, that's a big one. Uh, we've gone through the decision-making process with uh, certain community pharmacy owners, came right down to the very end, ready to sound the saying excuse me, sign the franchise agreement. And the spouse says, nope, sorry, you have too much on your plate already. Well, if he or she was involved from the beginning, they would understand that there's support and that the um, business support manager is really that person who's going to be running this company. So uh, it really, it, it does help to make sure that you have everyone in involved with the um, the entire decision-making process. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah. So I want to talk about expanding business. So number five is establishing your plans for expansion. This is an, ex this is an opportunity to expand your community pharmacies business. People already know, your community already knows you um, if you've been around for even more than a year, they know that you're a, a, a healthcare provider. I think that this falls nicely into um, extending your services and notifying your community that now you have additional services for um, someone that is primarily, you know, in their home because of their current condition, or or someone that might be in the future. So. Let's talk about establishing your plans for expansion. Uh, certainly what you said, uh, talking to your community and um, increasing the awareness of your plans 
that's laying the foundation for some great marketing. And with our uh, our training that we put all of our franchisees through, uh, marketing is a huge piece of it. And we have so many different pillars of marketing, including social media marketing. Marketing. Uh, we have an incredible um, program for that. So establishing your uh, plans for expansion would include not only looking at home health care, but also partnering with um, maybe physicians uh, or nurse practitioners uh, to provide house calls for you, um, really looking at medication management and medication reminders. So if you're uh, participating in compliance packaging, or have a machine in the home for the patients uh, to take their medications. What happens with those patients that have dementia or are forgetful? That really is not helping them. So integrating your plan for extension with your current um, plans or business model uh, compliance packaging through your pharmacy as well. So this is how it works so um, well hand in hand, but really uh, becoming a part of the integrated healthcare system. So you're connecting with your uh, those that are along the healthcare continuum and you find your place and identify that plan of expanding and finding your place within the healthcare continuum. And I mean, pharmacists are some of the most brilliant people that I know. So um, having that confidence to claim your spot, I think is, is really important. Claim your spot before another organization does because it's happening all over the country. The expansion of home care services is not a um, a maybe. It's a it's a when it's going to happen. It's going to happen sooner or later. So absolutely, let's talk about number six in the decision process, which is prioritize. I actually have a problem with this because I have that shiny shiny object syndrome, where I'll run off and and not stay focused on what I'm supposed to be doing for <laughs> clients and my employees. And so um, let's talk about prioritizing. Um, you know, helping us to prioritize as as new business owners and expanding our business in, commu in of community pharmacy. Um, can you expand upon that? Sure. And I could speak to you um, being distracted by the shiny things because I've seen you at conferences <laughs> jumping all over. I was like, where'd he go? Oh, he's on the other side of the room. How do you do that? <laughs> uh, really coming up with your one page strategy, like I said, and then within that strategy, prioritizing how are you going to reach your goals? So um, this is a whole nother uh, podcast, I would say, and we could talk about those things in detail, but making sure that you have your list of things that you know need to be accomplished and prioritizing those things, uh, and that will help you stay on course to reach your goals. Thank you for that. That's important. And yes, there will be future Happier at Home PRN podcasts for sure. Um, so let's talk about how will we fund these plans? So we know that there is, um, there's fees involved there. If you're going to have an expansion of business, there's always, um, 
capital and funding that needs to go in. One of the things I was thinking about is, boy, how do we 179 section this for the IRS? But I'm like, dang it, it's not software, it's not a car, it's not a, but I'm like, there's got to be some kind of, you know, taxability with two different businesses complementary to each other and using each other. But regardless, let's talk about number seven, which is how will you fund your plan? And yes, Todd, I love how you think <laughs> there are ways we can do that. And that's one of the things that we go over in our, our training. Um, so funding your plans, that's uh, one of the things to think about in the beginning. Um, so many people or companies go down the road of discovery and then get ready to sign the franchise agreement. And uh, they say, okay, well, now we have to start uh, applying for a loan. Well, no, that needs to happen sooner rather than later. So um, think about how you're going to fund your plan. Some uh, pharmacies uh, and franchisees that I have uh, as uh, franchisee owners can play, pay cash. They just, that's it. They pay it, they move on. Uh, and some of them need to get loans. So we connect you with uh, third parties that are specifically knowledgeable in franchising. So there are types of loans such as the small business loans, SBA loans, um, and we are approved as a franchise through the SBA registry. So that saves you money. They already know that we have um, a legitimate uh, franchise establishment. So uh, that's one step and uh, that you would be able to save money on if you're applying through an SBA loan. Uh, there are other ways that you could fund it, such as even through your 401k plan, where whereby you'd be able to essentially buy shares of your own happier at home company with your 401k uh, without the, um, the fees that uh, would normally be given uh, to deter you from taking your 401k money out. It's basically rolling it into shares of your own business. What's nice about that plan is that Let's say you borrow 50000 from your 401k this year. You use it to uh, purchase shares of your own business. You grow your happier at home business. And let's say in 10 years, you want to sell it. So you have built your happier at home business up incredibly. It is, um, it, you have equity in your business now. You have an established business that you could sell. So let's say, for example, you sell it for $500,000 10 years after you borrowed the $50,000 $50, from your 401k. That $500,000, at this date at least, can be rolled back into your 401k, saving you your capital gains tax, which I think is at 21, 22% right now. So that's a huge, that's a huge benefit. Uh, and huge uh, investment that you were putting all of your time into growing this um, business. And so you should be able to enjoy the benefits of it without humongous tax uh, implications. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited about this. This is going to be a source of knowledge. This is going to be a source of sharing um, strategies for our community pharmacies to build new revenues in the upcoming new year. What a perfect time to be planning this 
it's not too late to actually um, put in an application, sit down and talk with Debbie and their team. Um, all of the contact information will be in our show notes. But Debbie, where do you prefer to um, to get contact? Where, where do you want our listeners to go to when they when they want to reach out to you? I would say gather more information from our website at happieratomefranchise.com. It gives a um, quick 30-second video where you can learn more about how pharmacies work so well with Happier at Home. And we also have resource videos on there. So many of you receive our weekly email videos that I make with 30-second um, information uh, about expanding into home and community-based services. You could see all of those there. Uh, and on there is our contact page. If you submit uh, your information on our contact page, we will reach out to you that day. That's awesome. Yep. First of all, welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, just a plethora of, of information and guidance. You know so much about being a business owner yourself. I was so impressed with you on the panel discussion that we did with RxSafe at the um, NCPA. Um, it was just a wonderful to have you be part of that. And um, that we're just lucky to have have you be part of this because you're a, you're a conduit of information for um, for community pharmacy owners and and really building their business. So thank you so much for for being part of us, um, Debbie. Well, I appreciate it, and I am so excited. I just I I was excited to talk with you today. I'm always excited to talk with you uh, because we get things going and we start talking about business. And and I, I feel like we have so much to bring to the pharmacy owners and so much knowledge and excitement. Um, so I, I'm excited to embark on this journey and uh, be able to bring the Happier at Home PR and podcast to everyone every month. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you hear heard it heard it here first, as <laughs> listeners. Um, happier at home, PRN. Um, this is where we're going to talk about all things home care and expanding your business and as a community pharmacy owner. Debbie, thanks so much. We can't wait for episode two upcoming soon. Yes, thank you so much, everyone. Have a great day. <laughs>